Johnny D, the motivational cowboy with this week's Outstanding Life podcast. And this podcast is called Legacy. About being a great dad, about being a great parent. But before we get into that and before I introduce to you the young men that I have in my living room, I want to let everybody know that you can listen to the Outstanding Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Player FM, and you can even now donate to the Outstanding Life podcast on PayPal as well as Patreon. And you can go to motivationalcowboy.com to get all the details in the living room with me today talking about this incredible um I guess incredible podcast is Dan Jones, Bill Melbach, and Joshua Spears. What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey, hey. So, Legacy, the reason why you guys are here today, I know it's kind of, I just, you know, sprung this on you. The reason why the three of you are here is because I respect each and every one of you as men, but I respect you as fathers, and I appreciate you because nobody ever once gave us a book and said, Johnny D, Bill, Joshua, Dan, here's how you be a great parent. Unfortunately, if there is a book, I didn't get it. And um, something that's really important to me is being a great dad. And I guess I want to start out the podcast, a story about 25 years ago, my daughter was only two years old. And um, I was very upset that uh, me and my ex-wife was getting a divorce. And um and I almost took it out on my daughter in some kind of strange way. And um, this gentleman came to me and he says, um, Johnny D, and he was very aggressive with me, very aggressive. And he kind of grabbed me and he said, let me freaking tell you something. Let me tell you something. He was kind of a big dude and I was kind of scared. And I just said, what? And he goes, your daughter doesn't care if you make $2 an hour or $2,000 an hour. What are you thinking Start being a freaking awesome dad. And from that day forth, I always put God first and my daughter second. And Bill, I know I've known you for 10, 15 years, and I've always, the one thing I can pride myself is people will always say that you always talk about your daughter. And Joshua, you know how important, you know, my daughter is. And I, and I know Dan, the first time we talked, I'm like, hey, my daughter's like, you know, a clinical psychologist too. Right. I'm very proud of her. But it took somebody kicking me in the that didn't even know me that well. So the reason why the three of you are here is because I respect you as men. And you know what? There are dads out there and mothers that need a pat on the back. There are fathers out there that need a kick in the butt like I did. I can't speak for you guys, but I can only speak for me that after that day, me as a man, as a dad, it changed my life. And I'm hoping today within this hour that we can help people, um, through our stories. So um, I don't know the way that you were brought up, Joshua mm -hmm. and Bill. I don't know the way you were brought up. And Dan, I don't know how you guys were brought up, but I know that I was just brought up. My dad was skilled trade worker for Ford Motor Company. And I used to think that my dad was the biggest jerk because he was so mean. I mean, it was yes, please, no thank you around the house. And I was like, man, I didn't sign up for the army. I'm only three, you know? But now... My dad molded me to be the father that I am today. And so I guess we're just going to open it up and, and let you guys talk. I don't know who wants to go first, well, but well, uh, one thing real quick, Johnny, yeah. about your story though, <clears throat> is we're all, we all hope we have someone in our life like that. That's going to do something like that. If we get off track, 
But then also the fact that, you know, you had the ability to take that feedback because it's very difficult as a man for have someone else say, Hey, you should do this or you should do that. As a guy, you're like, you're not going to tell me how to do anything. Cause I mean, unless I'm the only guy that ever feels that way. <laughs> just even as a parent. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, yeah. Right? As soon as you're told something. Yeah. It's like <laughs> hard to, it's hard to let somebody else coach you and teach yeah. mm-hmm. you. And so not only was it good that you had someone who cared enough about you and your daughter to give you that feedback, but also you responded to it the way that you did yeah. kind of like one of those life changing moments in your life. So that being said, um, a week or two after that, like I said, me and, um, Frank, uh, we didn't get along because I, I was upset. I mean, like most men would, right. I mean, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's not like, you know, Hey, okay, cool. You're with my ex-wife now. Everything's cool. No, it wasn't like that. And um, I had to come to grips with that. And I had to come to grips with with this. And, and that was no matter how much time I spent with my daughter, this man was always going to be there more because he lived with her. And in psychologically, it was like, wait a second, no matter what I do, unless she lived with me, this man is always going to be there more with my daughter. So, true story, guys. I'll never forget this. I had that aha moment, and I said, you know what? I, 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 w- I was a speaker then. I was just starting my speaking business, and I was like, who am I going to help? Who am I to help other people if I can't help myself, right? Mm-hmm. So I showed up on their doorstep, knocked at the door, asked for him to come outside. He didn't want to, but you know what I mean? He did, and I said, hey, listen. I shook his hand, and I said, I couldn't... I couldn't want a better man to be with my daughter than you. Thank you so much. I gave him a great big hug. And I said, you know what? From now on, it's the three of us and we're going to make this thing work. That's when cell phones just came out. And I know, Dan, you don't have a cell phone, but back then, they, they remember Bill and Josh, they had the big bag cell phones. And I got yeah. a phone call from, from my ex-wife and she's like, what did you say to Frank? You know, And I'm like, I just told him I love them and we're going to get through this. Because Frank went back inside and said, if that's the kind of man he is, I want to be like him. Mm-hmm. And ever since that day, we all got along. You know, I mean, let, let me, she's my ex-wife for a reason, okay? We're not, I mean, we're not always right. going to see eye to eye. Just like some of you are married here, you don't always see eye to eye. But at some point, it's like, okay, the three of us are going to do this. And from there, there on out, it was always, you know, Jessa, Dad, Frankie, and Mom. You know, I, I, and to this day, I, I tell everybody, I said, my daughter's the luckiest girl in the world because she has two dads. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes when I say that, when me and Frankie are with her and it'll be the three of us, like out to dinner or something, we're like, yeah, this is our daughter. And people look at us like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, but and then I have to tell the story because I actually think like we're together and it's, we're not, you know what I mean? Forget yeah. it. Right, right, right. <laughs> So anyways, Joshua, I mean, you have three boys. Yeah. I have so three so boys. do you do you look at your boys and say, wow, they are just like me. Yeah. There's sometime I feel like I'm I'm paying for the sins of my youth, you know. Um, you know, I, my three my three boys, yeah, they're they're boys and and they're 50% me, so they they have a wild side, but I also, you know, think in a lot of ways my kids have an opportunity to have a different childhood than I had and you know, that fills me with a lot of joy. And I, I know just as we're all men here sitting here talking together, you know, I'm always, that's one of the things in my life that sometimes my insecurity gets the best of me. And I'm like, am I doing a good job? And I think that's where a lot of people listening to your show might be. Some of them might need a kick in the butt. Some of them might need to say, you know what, 
I'm not alone at feeling like I'm not the best dad in the world. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. I want to be the best. But sometimes hearing that we're all struggling with some of the same <laughs> right. stuff, yeah. it, it can make you realize that you're not alone. And, and, and that's, and that's part of it is realizing that you're never going to be perfect. Yeah. And you, your kids don't, you know, like you said with your daughter, but whether it's $2 or $2,000 an hour at the end of the day, being there and being available and, and you guys, you know, know about that too, but it's just, yeah, there hasn't been the, the one thing I can say about the way that I was brought up is my dad, there wasn't one day that would go by that he wouldn't call me and tell me that he loved me. Oh, that's awesome. So that, very cool. that transpired into my life. There hasn't been one day that I haven't called my daughter to tell her that I love her, you know? And yeah. I think that that's important is, is for a child to just know that, Hey, you know what? Dad cares. Dad loves you. And I'm not talking about a text message. I'm talking about a physical phone call. You know what I mean? It's pick up the phone and, and, and tell your daughter or your son that, that you care and that, and that you love them, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm going to take it a step further and I don't want to, you know, hog the microphone here, but something that was really important to me. And I know Joshua, we talked about this last week and Bill, I know that we've talked about it before, but I, I, I told you guys that my dad and he's no longer with us. And he was, he's, he was, he still is an incredible guy, even though he's not physically here with us. Um, he made me the man that I am today, but I'll never forget the time that, that my dad, again, he never, ever, ever had one day that he didn't tell me he loved me, but I'll never forget about the time that I asked him. And I just asked him, I said, dad, I said, I know you love me. I know you care for me. You tell me every day. I said, but dad, are you proud of me? Are you proud that I gave up everything? I was broke. I lived in a basement apartment. I drove, you know, piece of crap cars because I was following a dream. And my dad, you know, I mean, you guys can see him right there. You know, he had the big beard and, you know, he looks like a big Harley guy. And he looked at me and he started crying. And he goes, I'm very proud of you, son. He goes, I just don't know how to communicate with you. He goes, because you're different than me. You didn't want to go to work in the factory. You didn't want to do this. You, you will jump on a plane and go here and go there and do things. He goes, I don't know how to, I don't know how to handle you. That's definitely, a, that's a big thing for real. Yeah. So I learned from that. And so to now, ever since that day, my dad had never, he always told me, I love you and I'm proud of you. To this day, I still now tell my daughter, I love you and I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, there are things that I think that we do as parents we don't have all the answers. You know, I, Joshua, I learned from you every day. Bill, I learned from you. The one thing I, you know, that, that the common respect that we had was, you know, we loved our kids. Absolutely. And, and it's, so, it's so cool to be able to say that that's the most important thing in our lives. Because I hear just stories from, from, from kids. And, and Dan, I mean, man, you're a psychoanalyst, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so you deal with this all the time. Man. You, go, you, you deal with kids with problems and probably don't have fathers and mothers in right. their lives. Oh yeah. So the hardest thing for me is if you are, I'm trying to be nice here, but if you are that father or that mother and you're not communicating with your kid because you're mad at the ex or you're mad at the girlfriend or baby's mama or whatever, man, it's not about you and her or you and him. It's about your child, man. Your child just wants to be loved. I think one of the biggest things you said too is how, if the parent is different from the kid, which is going to happen all the time, you know, yeah. in the movie Lady Bird, there's a scene where 
she asked the mom, she's like, I know you tell me you love me and you're here for me. And she's like, but do you like me? Right. And the mom hesitates because she's almost like, I kind of don't know if I like you as a, as a person sort of, but at the same time I'm there for you. It's like this yeah. complicated thing. And that is where some people do got to do deep soul searching to see what's, what's up really, yeah. you know, if it's something that's with them. Yeah, I mean, because respect is such a big thing. I mean, I, I I often tell people, even even when I work with, I'm like, hey, I don't like you all the time, but I love you mm-hmm. and I respect you because mm-hmm. you don't have to like somebody all the time. And let me tell you something: the three of you, and in, in, including myself, we would be lying to each other if we said that our kids like us all the time. Right. I'm not. I, I've always said my kid is not my best friend. That's my daughter. I'm a freaking father first. I'm not your buddy. I'm not your this. I'm not your that. I'm your dad. You know what I mean? And I, I think sometimes those bl- lines get blurred by some people and, oh, that's my best friend. And that's great. But maybe that child needs a parent, not a best friend. You know, and maybe you yeah. could speak more about that than, no, yeah, than, than, I, than I, me because, I mean, you're you're a professional. <laughs> <laughs> it is tough. I mean, a lot of times, yeah. So, I mean, I had kids today um, for sure that have had everything we're talking about. But it is. It's a lot of times if it's just going to be what's going on with the parent, and I'm going to have a kid as a, you know, a client patient the whole time. And yeah. I'm not having the parents come in there. Right. It really is. It's, there's a lot of work that has to be figured out. If you can have a family session that could, that could help because it might be what's going on with the parent, not what's going on with the kid yeah. at all. It's so what got you into doing what you do professionally? Um, multitude of different things. But um, so right now, one of them that just came up in my head was uh, the documentary Bully. Um, it's so you were bullied. No. Oh, okay. Um, you were the bully. No, <laughs> but actually all my friends were bullied. So gotcha. it was one of those things. I don't know, whatever, five years old, eight yeah. years old, the person I was, I was like, Hey, you know what? Back off. What's going on? You know, mm-hmm. I'd always bring that kid in. Um, and so when I saw the documentary bully, it's really one of those fly in the wall documentaries where it's really just kind of showing it objectively. And I saw how it just kind of shows the parents it shows the kids and, and just what are you doing? Where are you at? And it is, it's hard to find answers, you know, when you are that kid or you are that parent, where, where do you even go? And a lot of times it does have to be a, a therapist. What kind of to. family upbringing did you have, Dan? Um, so my parents were never married. So, um, yeah, so I had a wedlock and, and all that stuff. And then I'm kind of a bastard kind of thing too. So, um, so my, my parents are never married. Only child? Only child. Odd part of it is that they get engaged when I'm 10 years old. And so the three of us live together for three years. Um, when I'm 13, we're going to look for a house. And I don't know until we're getting the house, the one that we settle on, that my dad's not coming with us. So that was wow. a shock. Because I was like, I thought we just lived together for three years in an apartment. And now we're getting a... So, um, so then my dad was out of the picture. So then he turned back into the weekend dad. More of a weekend dad than he was before that. Because mm-hmm. it was a little more random. Was he close? Or were you oh. close to him? So when you talk about the best friends, my dad was my one of my best friends kind of thing. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was 18, 19. I'm like, but he never was really the dad dad. The person, like I never went to him with any problems, any right. troubles. It was always more we're talking about, you know, jamming or talking about the movie we saw. It was never anything deeper than that. Um so that's pretty much it. And then, so my mom was single mom, you know, she raised me and, um, I mean, worked her butt off. So it's not like I'm throwing that. Hey, she raised me. No, yeah. she did everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then, so was she dad and mom, like some of the single moms well, always say, like, you say know. so she was, except I also had my grandma. So I went there every day after school. So yeah. I always said my grandma and my mom were my parents. Yeah. And then I saw my dad on weekends. So, gotcha. and then my grandma passed when I was 19. So then it was 
and then I didn't see my dad as much around when I haven't talked to my dad in like seven or eight years. Actually. Really? Yep. So can I ask you something? And, and, and I hope you don't mind that no, it's totally I'm bringing fine. this up right now. And I feel like it's kind of weird me asking you questions because I, of what you do for a living. And All usually right. you're the one asking the questions. <laughs> right, so I appreciate right? it. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Do you wish sometimes your dad would pick up the phone and send you a text or a call? Mm, no, I, not, not necessarily. Um, and the reason why I ask that is this. No, no, just because I'm giving you a minute to think about this. <laughs> The reason why I ask that is because there might be somebody listening right now that hasn't talked to their son or daughter in maybe a week. It might be 10 years. It might be 20 years. And they, they need that, the, the encouragement to say, hey, you know what? Maybe my son or my daughter needs to hear from me. The reason why I ask that is for somebody that is listening that, that they want to call. They don't know how to call. Right. So, so you don't though, you don't really, I don't as much because of the best friend thing. Um, so I never felt like I missed something huge, right. you know, when he was, it was, if anything, it was kind of more, I felt like I had to save my, my kids from their grandfather kind of thing, not because yeah. of abuse or anything right, like, giant yeah. like that, but just, it was more, there was a, a particular moment where it was my, my second son. So my middle child, whatever, um, it was his birthday and there was this confusion of if my dad was coming or not. And there was a phone call. And then, so he told him that he wasn't coming and then he gave me the phone and it was one of those right away. I was like, this can't yeah. happen. I can't have this kind of thing happen with my kids. So, but on the other hand, what you're saying about giving encouragement for people to call and everything, if you were to call me and say, you want to do lunch? Absolutely. Yeah. I'd have no problem. So um, has that made you a better father having probably two, two sons and a daughter? Yeah. I don't consciously think about it, but I right. think not having my dad around a lot, seeing my mom work her butt off and just all that sort of thing. I think it did. Uh, make me go, okay, well, I know that I'm going to always be with my kids every right. second and give them everything they ever need. So, And the one thing that uh, people don't know about you is you are the biggest kid. You not only look like a right. kid, but you look like you're your son's age. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? So you are that 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 big kid. Yeah, for you know? sure. Yep. I'm now, something that, that some people don't know about you, Dan, is that you don't even own a cell phone. Like when we say that you are off the grid, you are off the grid. Do you think that that has helped you being a father? Because I'm sure that your kids don't have cell phones either, right? Right. Yeah. My oldest does, um, which he's had for about three years or so. So not that long. He's 18. So he's had it since he's about 15. Um, we talked about this briefly before. And my only thing is I don't have anything to compare it to. I can't say, well, yeah, cause it used to be like this or right. yeah, when I'm in this person's head, this walk around, it's like this for them. So I don't have the 50, 50, way to compare it. But on the other hand, I have been the observant, kind of like the bully documentary being the fly on the wall. I have been the observant person back without judgment, seeing how many parents go to the kid and they got their phone to their ear mm -hmm. and the kid's going, Hey, I just wanted to tell you, you know, can I go over Brandon's like whatever's yeah. going on? Or like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Parent after parent, I see this and it's, and I'm like, all the kid wants to do is have that, that 10 second initial Walk into any restaurant. Yeah. So even to this day, I will sit down with my daughter and I'll be like, okay, 60 seconds, get all your stuff done. Right. <laughs> right. It, including me, mm -hmm. including me, because I'm terrible at it too. Okay. Now phone's away. Let's have lunch. Let's have dinner. Let's, let's communicate. Yep. You know? And, um, so Joshua, you were brought up a little bit different than all of us. You were brought up on, in the country. Yeah. I grew up in Northern Michigan. Um, my, my home was, there was a lot of dysfunction. Um, my dad was pretty violent and had a lot of problems and, and it caused me to have a lot of problems. And 
when I was about nine, my mom left and we went to a place for battered families and a safe house. And, and my dad was out of my life for a year and my life for a year, kind of what you're describing. It was like this, you know, this hurricane would come to shore once in a while. And then over the course of time, you know, um, I had to resolve all those issues. And it wasn't until I was about 20 that I realized and how much of that baggage I was still carrying and mm-hmm. how, how much that impacted me. And I was able to do some research and I started to realize that my dad, you know, kind of like you were able to respond because of how your dad was yeah. and you do things how your dad was. We all have our own story. Uh, I started to realize that my dad's dad was just like him and his dad was just like him and his dad was just like him. And I realized that I had the privilege to be that transition person right. who's going to break this chain. So, so when I see my kids, you know, getting good marks in school and having lots of friends and not being, not being like I was, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel a sense of grace and thankfulness. So when I look at my dad though, I, I don't look, I talk to him once or twice a year um, because many years ago, I forgive him. He's came to me crying several times asking for forgiveness. I said, I forgave you a long time ago. Right. I got nothing but love for you. Um, and he chooses not to come around because he says it makes him feel even worse about his job as a dad, which I guess I get. I feel like it's kind of a cop out, but I also am at that point with, with my role in it is it's not my job to try to fix him. Mm-hmm. I love him where he is. I don't hate him for, he's not Ward Cleaver. He's not Mr. Brady. So I quit hating him for not being that. Instead, I just realized that he didn't have the grace of having a stepdad, a grandpa, countless uncles that sewed into my life. And that's like a lot of the kids that I speak to and Mm -hmm. I deal with, and I'm sure you deal with too, is you see these kids that are broken and it's so easy to say, well, if they would just do this, if they would just do this, but they don't have the people in their lives. Like there's right. people, Johnny, there's countless people that have the same conversation that you had with your friend mm-hmm. that say, yeah, no, whatever, and never speak to that guy again right. and still go on and not do it. But because of the work that your dad put into you, yeah, you made that decision. But see, that's the thing is so, yeah, my, my childhood was... And even as I'm 40 now and I'm a motivational speaker, yeah. there are certain times where I still feel like that kid who was mistreated by my dad yeah. and, and the bullies that picked on me and stuff like that. And there's a certain point, though, where we have to be able to look back and say, I'm still carrying that. And that's where a lot of the dads that might be listening might not realize that some of those things that they're carrying. You right. Know? Yeah, so, it is accepting it for sure. Yeah. I mean, I have 64-year-old clients to come in and the first thing that comes out of their mouth is what happened when they were six years old. Right. right. There's, there's <laughs> wow. been holding on to it. Nothing's, nothing's changed for them. So let me ask you this, mm-hmm. Joshua, you talked a little bit about your father, mm-hmm. but there are other men out there listening right now. Right. And mothers, and they call them stepdads mm-hmm. and stepmoms. Some, a role that they don't sign up for. Right. I'm sure. But you had. Right. A, a, I guess when when you first met him, was it like Superman walked through the door? Well, at first, at first, it was like you know this amazing thing because him and my mom were together and we were far enough away where we were all excited. And then after a while, I felt like I was like a prisoner and and he was the warden, you know. And he was (laughs) was he mean to you or he was he was he was never mean. He never raised his raised his hand to me. He never yelled. He never screamed. But he was strict. (laughs) And the thing is, is he was, he was, he was so stubborn 
that, I mean, I talk about some of the stuff in my book, what, what about the element of, of him being that stubborn. But the thing is, is you got to realize when he married my mom, I was in an alternative school. I've been kicked out of five different schools and I'm not joking. I had just had to spend a whole bunch of time at my grandparents to avoid the state taking me out of the home because of all the legal, all the vandalism and all this stuff. And this dude shows up factory worker, just a normal guy. Yeah. And takes this on. What what would my prisoner number be if it wouldn't have been for him? Right. What what would it be, or where would my cemetery plot be? Yeah. Seriously. And but he's just a normal guy. That's pretty awesome. He's just a normal guy, right? Yeah. But he's not normal. Right. He's not normal at all. He's extra. He's outstanding. Yeah. And 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 so when when it was interesting, fast forward a little bit, all the stuff he helped me through, and now he's like one of my good. We got this amazing relationship. You should have saw the look on his face when he found out I was naming my son after him, my wow. firstborn son. What was that like? He came over and he said, you know, Josh, we had, we went for a ride. And he's like, you know, I don't feel like you should name him after me. I feel like you should name him after you. And he, we went for a ride and he spent 40 minutes trying to tell me that you should name him after. It, it was a big thing. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't want the recognition. I said, Chuck, I love you, but this decision has been made. And I'm going to ask that you respect it. And, 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 he, and he said, okay. And I did. And so, you know, it, when I think about, when I think about life and, and, and you said this, the whole stepdad thing with your, with your husband and, or I mean, not my husband. Let's make that real clear. But that's such an amazing element that yeah. so many people have to deal with. Absolutely. And statistically speaking, marriages, and you probably know all the numbers too. They're so much more likely to fail in that environment. You know, when there's a step, when, they, when you have the step parent thing. So it does take, so to any step parents out there, awesome job. Keep doing what you're doing. And like Johnny said too, the step parents aren't asking for it. Yeah. Right. They're not, it, it, they it's didn't so know funny. they're getting into it. it the, one of the uh, funniest stories and, and one of the stories that, that I tell on stage is about me and my ex-wife and her husband. Right. And so like I tell the story and people are like, wait a second. Like afterwards, they'll line up and want to talk to me about different parts that always comes up. Is that true story about you and your ex-wife and her husband? Like you guys sit around and, and have beers and, and this and that. And I'm like, yeah. Like I, I go to funerals. I mean, I'm a part of their family. They are a part of my family. There is, I don't know any different. Yeah. Jessa doesn't know any different. And and and, and for what, I, you know what? I, 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 I told you guys earlier today that I want to do something uh, and I'm going to start doing it on every single podcast. And that is putting a shout out to like, if you're listening and you want someone's name put on the podcast or you want to shout out to them because they did something cool for you, then, then just let me know, man, make make it, make a small donation and I will put their name on the podcast. Well, right now I want to put a shout out. I want to put a shout out to my daughter's stepdad, her other dad. And that's Frank Schrillo. I mean, he, he was a police officer. He did everything right. And to this day, even when I'm on the road, Jessica doesn't hesitate. Dad, I just called Frankie. I know you're on it. I mean, it's like, it's just the way it is. So Frank Shrillo, I thank you. It's been 26 years and I still thank you for taking her. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice setup though. Nice setup. <laughs> but, but I, you know, I, I, I thank him for being a great father to my daughter. So the guys out there that, that, that maybe you got remarried and you have stepchildren, Man, love them like your own. Because just like Joshua mm -hmm. said, you never know when they're going to come around and realize, hey, you know what? Wow. Right. He or she loves me. 
And even right, if they're so. just in the beginning stages too, for sure. It doesn't yeah. have to be that they got the years invested yet. It can be that they're starting to put in that yeah. in that time. Cause then you get rid of that negative connotation of the step parent, you right. know, of the evil step parent that that's still out there all the time. Let me ask you from your with your professional experience, you know, because my wife and I very virtually almost never have any disagreements. And when if we ever do, it's about my kids and the tablet and like if I'm gonna discipline them, how we're how we're gonna manage kids. So what advice do you have to a stepdad who is with a woman or maybe a stepmom who's with kids, whatever, who how does cause the managing of the kids was for me, that was a challenging part sometimes with my parents, my mom and my stepdad. Right. So what advice do you have to that dad who's got this, the step parent, the, the, the step parent who's got these kids in his house or in their house as a family and he's got to hold them accountable, but he's also got the mom is like, it's my kids. And he's like, they're not really my kids, but I need to be, insert myself here. Right. How do you navigate that without causing problems? So it sounds like an easy answer, which is obviously not, but it's patience. It's all patience. It's about building rapport and just getting used to somebody. I mean, even if I have a new client before we're even going to get into big trauma that they have, we might have seven sessions where we're talking about almost nothing that's real because we really just got to get to know where each other's at. And that's mm. a therapist. Right. This person's only going to see maybe twice a week or maybe once every two weeks. And so that takes some time. If this is going to be in the house, at least you have time on your side because sure. you have more of it. You have more exposure. Sure. But it really is. It's about patience. It's about, like you said, everyone's got to be in a separate place. Like even, so right before we started, I mentioned real quickly, and I want to get to Bill's story because I don't, I don't know your thing <laughs> with, with your kids. But real quickly, um, so when I did the podcast last time, and I'm telling my story about how I met my wife, and I just told Josh before we started and got crazy things about it. They're interesting. Um, my wife and I were on a break. So, and we haven't done a lot of those. We did one other break a little bit ago. There was maybe three or four days. And then this one was like a week long. And it's not a break where we're seeing other people. It's just a break where we're like, we can't do it. You have to find yourself again. Yeah. We don't know what's happening. And that's exactly what I'm going to bring up. So when it comes to step parents or it comes to marriages or anything, it has to be that you know what you're going through, your person, what's happening. Cause then when the other person, the wife or the husband is doing the same thing, you guys are coming together in a more solid ground. It's mm-hmm. not just about your interaction together. It's about finding who you are, mm-hmm. finding what's missing there. Isn't the the old cliche is you can't love or like anybody until you like and love yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's yep. kind of like the whole thing. And sometimes and we we lose focus. Yeah. And you have to know yourself well enough to say, Hey, I might need a couple days. Mm-hmm. Not not saying you don't love her. She doesn't love you. It's like, Hey, listen, I want to do this for us. Well, and my <laughs> wife was going through a whole catharsis. I mean, really the break was great for us. Great for the marriage, great for the family, everything. But my wife was telling me every time she's like, I'm finding things about myself and I don't even want to really speak. I'm really no, right. Yeah. Of, that's healthy this, though. But, right. But it was huge. That's exciting. And so it was almost <laughs> like, I don't even know if I want you yet. Cause I feel like maybe I needed you too much and all that to me. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like instead of feeling like rejected, it was all progress. And I was like, that's exactly what's got to happen. Yeah. And it did. And we had a very nice night last night. <laughs> think, about, think about when it's the most. All right. <laughs> think about when you're the most fr- when your kids the, are the most the frustrating, and when it's the most when it's the most difficult to be a good parent. You ever have those days where your kids are just like really extra frustrating, or oh, yeah. maybe you're extra annoyed with certain things they do, and you feel like if you're if I'm honest with myself, it's in the moments of my own insecurity that they're the most difficult. (laughs) So it has a lot less to do with my kids. Yeah. And it has a lot more to do with With me. Yep. And, and that's, I think with, with me, when it comes to like relationships with my, my wife or my kids, but that goes back to what you're saying. Like if, if your wife, you know, she, sometimes you do got to take, you got to do some self maintenance. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And both people have to be able to do that. But the whole piece about our identity, when we're struggling with how we see ourselves and how we, you know, if I'm not happy with my own situation, maybe I'm too heavy, maybe I'm not doing this, or maybe I'm frustrated with myself, all of a sudden this becomes more difficult. Yeah. But like you said, you fix yourself first. And and we make a, you know, a living. Yeah. Changing other people's lives, and sometimes right. we need that that time. I, you know, funny story is, my, you know, my daughter now she's twenty seven years old, and um, she said the other day, um, I'm like, hey, listen, you know, I know you have your new house and stuff. I, I she's like, because she goes, hey, dad, how come you haven't been over? I'm like, well, you know, I, you probably need time. You know, you're older now, and she goes, dad, I don't need time. I need my dad. She just wanted to hang out. And, I, and here I am was trying to be like the good dad. I'm saying, right. okay, I'm going to give my daughter some space because I'm up her butt all the time. I, want, I wanted to do gardening. I wanted her house to look cute. I was over there all the time fixing things and doing the landscaping and doing this, doing that. And finally, I'm like, I got to give her her space. She's a grown woman. Like, you know what I mean? And she's like, dad, no, if I needed time and I needed space, I'd tell you. And it kind of made me feel good. But it also made me realize how many other people mm-hmm. we think that we're doing the right thing. And then they say, wait a second. Right. No, you're not doing the right thing at all. Mm-hmm. So anyways, Bill. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's analyze you. No, I'm just joking. It's like, it's, I know, I feel like this is like three on one every time someone starts talking on the microphone. But this is exactly what we wanted to get across. And I know that we've been talking about it for a year about doing this podcast and, and just letting moms and dads know that, hey, here's the other side of the story. Absolutely. And we all have a different story. And, yeah, it could uh, cost a fortune if I had Dan uh, psychoanalyze. I know, and this is free right now. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe I'm really good at it. We'd be done in like three <laughs> sessions. And, and the greatest thing is he doesn't even drink, so I mean, all you have to do is get him water. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So, well, uh, like, how were you brought up? I mean, were you brought well, up in a... Uh, my portion of this is more like the king of dysfunction here. Uh, <laughs> but I, I would like to uh, sort of bring transitionists back to the, the, the whole thing about parents and whether you're a step-parent or a dad or a mom or whatever. All these are roles. And just like you started off with, we didn't get a manual for this. And one thing that I had learned along the process of, uh, you know, growing up was that um, the parents didn't have the book either. And so what I had to eventually, as I grew up, realize about like my own dad was that uh, he didn't get what he needed. Mm-hmm. And I was around my grandmother. She was abused by her, my, you know, my great grandmother. Mm-hmm. So I was around a lot of broken people. So therefore, most of my life early on was broken. Uh, my dad was an abuser, just like Josh, except uh, we probably should have died several times. And that uh, you or him. Well, myself, him, yeah, him too. Yeah. <laughs> he got us in a lot of precarious situations. Uh, but my mom stuck it out for about seven years, seven dysfunctional years that, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of things that child children shouldn't see. Right. You know, that I saw. And uh, so it obviously, it affected me. We we moved uh, from place to place. We were living in trailers, hotels. I mean, you, you name it, we were all over the place. Then uh, later on when they broke up, uh, I had the typical divorced uh, dysfunctional life. You know, he lived with grandparents and then we actually moved down to, uh, Trenton down river, but mm-hmm. I actually went to school in Dearborn. So I was known as the mystery man. Cause at four o'clock I'd disappear and, <laughs> and we lived down here, but we wanted to, I wanted to keep going to Dearborn schools. So anyway, uh, grew up with, you know, basically a lot of things that, uh, like I said, people don't really want to see, but again, as being broken, uh, one thing that my daughter did, uh, 
just basically a whole thing that being a parent for me was more that uh, I got to transition from I'm not stuck in some pattern. I don't have to be my dad. Right. Uh, and I don't do things because he did them. And my daughter was born one pound, 15 ounces. She was a preemie. So we spent about four months in the NICU, like praying that she would be okay. Mm -hmm. And every single day was just like, she's going to need a brain operation. She's going to need a heart operation. And she made it through everything. She didn't actually have to have all those things. But, but so this process of wanting her to be there so bad, just sort of flicked a switch so like I didn't have to think about all the other stuff. I just knew I wanted her there. Right. So from day one with her, sort of began the process of healing. You know, so all the things that my dad didn't do and all the things that, uh, you know, my grandparents and great-grandparents didn't do to them, um, just started healing. I could see it because they all loved her. She was like this missing cog in the whole thing where mm -hmm. everybody loved her. You know, and, uh, and I'm, I'm looking around all these mean people. <laughs> like, and I'm not saying they're all mean, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. on podcast now, but, but You're anyway. just being authentic. Yeah, I'm so. just being authentic. So anyway, yeah. but they all loved her. And so she was sort of like this healing uh, cog in the machine there. And uh, so no matter what the roles are supposed to be and all the things, I just think we're, we're, we're people. We're, we're learning. We're trying to just survive. And it, my own experience is life, life beats you up. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, so for the most part, same thing. You know, I've I've felt and absorbed all those those hits, and a lot of times you just feel beat down. But the one thing, uh, I'm glad you called this legacy. The one and only thing that really matters to me is just being a dad. Yeah. And I said on uh, the podcast that we were on originally was. Well, uh, I was just going to bring that up because I just want to make sure that everybody knows that, um, you know, you and your daughter told her story. And um, the podcast is called Overcoming Obstacles yeah. with Megan. And um, it was all about her journey with breast cancer. And so yeah, those of that, you... that hit us pretty hard because I sort of had this, un, unbeknownst to me, I had this relationship with God, this deal with God. It's like, so after she made it, she wasn't sickly. She's never really been sick in her whole life. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, okay, cool. So like we got God's grace and, and she's okay. So it's kind of like a... Everything else is cool. Life can beat me up as long as my daughter's okay. And then this past Christmas, um, just before, like literally just before Christmas, we found out that she had breast cancer. And so there goes the deal. <laughs> yeah. And those of you that really want to listen to something encouraging, inspiring, motivating, you know, um, it's called Overcoming Obstacles with yeah. with Megan. And those of you, you know, again, you can go and download that podcast. And Joshua, you were there for that one. And, I mean, you talk about just an incredible story. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's the one thing, again, that, that, that brought us together, Bill. And that's why you're sitting here today is because when I thought of doing a podcast and waiting for the right people to come around to be on this podcast, something that is so special – I thought of the three of you, and I appreciate you being a great dad. And 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 Dan, I appreciate what 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 you're bringing to the table as far as a professional and being transparent with everybody. That's saying, hey, listen, I'm a professional, and I still go through things. Right. My, me and my wife still go through things because the last thing that I want to be is that guy that acts like we have it all together when we don't. Yeah. Speaking of all together, one 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 more thing I'd like to throw in there. Yeah, about. no, please. My daughter and her journey brought us to be around a lot of people with disabilities. 
And so you're constantly now, they're broken to another level, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, all the physicalities that regular, you know, p- people that don't have those things, challenges. Uh, so what being around that has really sort of taught me as well was that um, everybody needs to sort of just the counter blessings. Yeah. You know, just sort of step back. You know, I know life's beating you up, but if you're a parent now, just count your blessings. You know, you've got the child, you've got, you know, you're a parent, whatever that role is, you know, embrace it. Yeah. You know, and then just understand that this is a chance you've been given this opportunity. To me, it's probably the, the best thing in life. Just, you know. You've yeah. Got and it's this. not going to be easy. No, exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. Nope. None of it's easy. I mean, exactly. and, and, and that's the beauty is, is. You know, I mean, our kids are a little bit older, and, and Joshua, yours is a little bit younger, so you're still going through those mm-hmm. growing pains of, you know, raising. But when I look back on some of the things that I went through, you know, with Jessa is, you know, I've been speaking for 20 years, so most of her life, you know, I I wasn't around because I was on the road. I was pounding the pavement, making a name for myself. The one thing, the one thing, and again, I know I put a shout out to Frank, mm-hmm you know, which is just a stepdad, but I want to put a shout out to my ex-wife and that's Beth. And the one thing I always respected about her, again, I didn't always like her, but I respect her because she never once said, no, you can't see your kid. Never once did she say, nope, I'm sorry. It's not your weekend. I'm sorry. It's not your day. Never once did, never once did she ever play games with me in 27 years. I respect that. Yeah. When I when it, when I look back now, I, I I think in prayer every single day that she was the mother that she was because together we made a family. And I'll do a shout out to uh, my daughter's mother, who's kind of the opposite. Um, she had mental issues. She took her own life, and she wasn't able to experience that. Yeah. But she gave me the best gift that I could ever have. And that's your daughter. It's my daughter. Yeah. So to her, I'm eternally grateful for that. And always would wish that she could have had embraced that more and that it could have helped her heal, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I'll, I'll throw a shout out to her. Yeah. Hey, guys, I have to ask. You know, the other day I was driving down the road. And do you guys ever feel like, oh, my gosh, I am? I feel like my dad? Like just something so simple or so like I I like you know Dan I know you play guitar and I know that you and your dad played guitar together right. like do you ever like strum a certain chord and you're like oh my gosh Actually, I sound you know my I feel voice, like my dad my voice sounds a lot like my dad's and when I say that my mom says no it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely does that sounds a lot like yeah. my dad's voice yeah so so Joshua what's it like for you to have three boys and how old are they nine nine six and two and yeah. did you start having kids right away like when you got married. No, we were married about two and a half years. So you waited a little bit. Yeah, we waited a couple of years. Um, so are you going to go for a daughter too? No, uh, we were the last boy was going for the daughter. If I have another child, then I'm going to be suing suing a urologist. <laughs> I have, actually, I got a little funny story. If I can just hop in, it's very yeah, short. Please, one of my best friends um, had the paperwork to get snipped mm-hmm. to have their mm-hmm. stuff finished, <laughs> and uh, got the call. From the wife, I'm pregnant. Wow. So they're actually, he was actually going to make sure that they weren't going to have four kids. And she said, fourth kid's already on the way. <laughs> oh, wow. I know you're going to the doctor and having it 
but you're one child too late. Not too to late. say it that way, but you know. <laughs> wow. So they just had to go, okay, very unexpected. What are we going to do? We thought we were moving on, but then they embrace it. Every time I talk to him, he's really yeah. happy about it. And it's, it's awesome. You yeah. can't ever deny something like that. Yeah. But, but that's, what, that sounds fake. What do you guys think is the hardest thing about being a parent? For, for me, it was like, I've never, I think I might have smacked my daughter like once. You know what I mean? I wasn't, my dad never. My, I, I mean, was going to say anger. Yeah. My dad yeah. never, ever, ever hit me once, ever. But man, he would yell and he had those dark blue eyes and he'd look at me and I'd be like, okay, okay. Or he'd just put the belt by the door. And back then it was okay to beat your kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not anymore. Yeah, I would definitely <laughs> say anger. My, my therapist, like I was like, I was thinking if I wrote an autobiography, I'd call it Angry Dad. She was like, that's a perfect title, which is another thing about therapy. And, and we're talking about accepting the moment or you don't expect to ever hear that. Like I'm making a joke. Yeah, my autobiography would be called Angry Dad because I'm yeah. thinking I'm a piece of crap. Like I'm horrible. Right. I'm and she's going, that'd be a good title. She's just like, embrace it. You get mad. Yeah. We, we gotta, all do. You Again, you can't fake it. it. You got to right. channel it, you know? And it's like, okay. And accepting it of it is something where you can you can use it. And then, of course, yeah. it doesn't excuse behavior that's that goes too far. But You right. bring, yeah, up, you bring yeah. up a fantastic point, though, because I, I get frustrated, too. You know, like myself, whatever. But then I'll get frustrated with my kids, and I'll feel myself wanting to yell. And I try not to yell. I don't do anything physically. I take stuff away. That's how I punish them. Right. But when I get really frustrated, it's really nice for me to know there's guys like you around there <laughs> who also get frustrated. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because yeah. but that's that's the trap is that I'm frustrated. I'm ag- agitated. I'm annoyed. My kids are driving me crazy. I just cleaned this house. It's trash, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, that yeah. happens all the time. But the thing is, is we don't realize is that that's part of the deal. <laughs> right. and, and so we think, oh, I suck at this. Right. Well, you know what? You don't suck at it. It's just a hard job and everybody has that challenge. Right. And it, it, it's it's liberating and people are listening, riding in the car. They might be having kids screaming in the back seat right now. <laughs> right. But the fact is, is it's not easy right now now that doesn't mean that it can't be done and that doesn't like you said you can't go off and do crazy stuff but mine would be very similar i get frustrated about something i get frustrated so about- what do you do then joshua do you walk away do you do you take that second maybe you don't you, you might not take a break but do you take a break for five or ten minutes and walk away from the situation I, so what do you do that that, that that you can help the person listening saying i know what joshua's going through i'm going through it right now what do you do i stop and i realize that i own the problem and i own the solution I, I own it. You know, they're kids. They're mm-hmm. nine, they're six, they're two. They're, they're being kids. I'm the man of the house. I'm the dad. It's my job to be in control. It's my job to be um, patient. And if there's a, lot, a problem with patience, it's my problem. If there's Now, that doesn't mean that I excuse the behavior. That doesn't mean that I don't discipline them. It doesn't mean that I don't hold them accountable. But if I find myself that frustrated... I am the problem. That's how I view it. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's the best way, but that's how I but take it. Is there it a right way? I don't well, think there's when a it right came way. To, when it came to discipline, my my thing that did the most was just what I called the stove theory. I don't. I, I need you not to touch the stove, okay? So at some point, whatever it's going to take to get you to not touch the stove, the whole result is I need you to not touch the stove. Right. So, <laughs> so no matter what the problem was, I sort of approached it that way and tried to make her understand if I'm mad you need to understand it's because you're going to have some result it's just as much as like you're going to you know burn mm-hmm. yourself yep. so to me it was just sort of I tried to simplify it like that where you know you're going to get you're going to have to get like I can't have you run across the street right 
You have Got to it. learn. There's certain things you just have to learn. So however you get to that point, but you know. The dangerous part, though, can be then it might, what you're saying, if you're held accountable, you're setting up the rule. All right, so I'm pointing here. Sorry. So Josh, Josh is saying, we're on a podcast. Everyone's like, who is he talking about? So, right. So Josh, you're talking about holding yourself accountable. And then, Bill, you're saying that you're setting the rules of the certain thing that has to be done. But then the dangerous part is where they touch the stove anyway. Right, exactly. And then all of a sudden you're internalizing it because you're like, I did everything wrong. Dan, I'm glad you said that because what I was just going to say, the hardest thing for me as a father is as a father, I always want to fix the problem before it happens, right? I don't want her to touch the stove, so I make sure she can't reach the stove, right? Right, I I do all these things. (laughs) I don't have patience because I know that I don't have patience. I'm a guy. They call them snowplow parents now. They have a name for it. I'm going to remove the ability for you to have a problem. So, But the hardest thing for me and, and I found this out later on in life with her, and that was after college. And I, she went to work for some doctors that I didn't like, and I wanted to go in there and fix the problem, right? But I can't. You know what I mean? She's a grown woman. Like The hardest thing for me was to let her fail so she could understand not to touch the stove. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that was the hardest thing for me as a father was to let your child fail. Yeah. And at times, am I right or am I just crazy? I mean, sometimes we have to let our kids oh, fail, yeah. right? So they, they, they learn a lesson. You have to yeah, do yeah, it. Absolutely. You have to, yeah. Yeah, my, yeah. my oldest boy went to spring break and talk about spring break, he sprung it on us that he was leaving. <laughs> and we're like, wait, what? And so, yeah, it was, yeah, we already made these plans. We can't take back the plane ticket. So he had it set. He was doing pretty good manipulation. He called you from really. Myrtle Beach. <laughs> yeah, really, basically. So he had the whole thing set up. Like, we're already going. And he's going with his girlfriend. And he's not going with a group and this whole thing. And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, this is, I understand you're getting older, but that is a lot. I mean, you've never been out of the state on your own. You've never been uh, two hours out of, right. away on your own. So, and he does have a lot of freedom. But when it was that type of thing, it was that in the end, I'm like, He's just got to be able to do it. If it ends up being something where I got to pick you up at the airport early or something weird, so you're going to get arrested yeah. somewhere, then it's going to be, stuff's going to mm-hmm. be in place. That's the consequence. That's the touch in the soap. You know, yeah, yeah. You, you, no, no, no. You, you know, guys, and Joshua, you're not here yet, but Bill and, <laughs> and, and Dan, letting your kids drive. Um, I, actually, my oldest is an amazing driver. So I can't. No, but just to even uh, let him at that time yeah, of going like, through driver's training or anything, you weren't worried? No, my kid, I, I may have mentioned this at the other podcast. My, I don't know, maybe it was different. Uh, my son um, was born car lover. I mean, one years old, Hot Wheels, never went away his whole life. Obsessed with cars, mm-hmm. obsessed with video game driving. As soon as he got behind the wheel, it's like he's been driving. He's like as good yeah. as me when he went to driver's training. So for me, uh, it's odd. Yeah. I, I never even really had a fear with it. And, and, and maybe it's just me because of my daughter and having a girl. Like, even though, I mean, she was just like me. The day that she could get her permit, she did. The day mm. that she could get her license, she did. Yeah. And it's not that she was a bad driver. I was just scared of, you know, it's like anything else. You're not afraid of what else. your kids get. You're, yeah, you're afraid yeah. of everybody else. I think I will be yeah. with my other two. It's just with this one. You just he's weren't. Just, he's such a car. I mean, he's a. we always say his <laughs> wife's going to be a character from Cars the movie. Like, yeah, right. he's gonna <laughs> so. so, Joshua, when you need to put, you know, just because your kids are a little bit younger, when you need to have a few minutes to yourself, because what people may not know about you and Dan, you might not know this about Joshua and Bill, you might not even know this about Joshua, but he's also not just a motivational speaker. He's a stay at home dad. So he not only 
cooks, cleans, does the laundry. He does everything. He picks the kids up from school. I mean, he's the whole deal. Nice. But when you need time, I used to, Barney was the thing back in our day of our kids growing up, Bill. And I would just pop in a VHS tape of Barney okay. and I, I knew she was good for 30, 40 minutes, 50 minutes. Yeah. For you, what do you do when you need to get away from the kids for a few minutes? Um, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm going to give you a minute here because the last thing I remember, and that happened about a week or two ago, they were on spring break and you had them up in the room together, three boys cleaning while he was on the phone with me and we were taking care of some business. And um, I like, what, like, what do you think of when you, when you want three young kids in the same room cleaning drawers? Well, oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Well, that was that was chaotic because I, I I went through every article of clothing in my house, and and, and Joshua doesn't drink, so yeah. okay. Well, as I went through every article of clothing in my house and said they have to, you know, I'm not getting rid of everything that that doesn't fit. But for me, you know, I think that my wife and I have a really good system. Uh, we have a good system in place. Like for example, tonight, you know, I'm here. We have a babysitter because she's out with her parents at a, at a, a special event, you know, like mm -hmm. a beer dinner type deal. Um, but we do a really good job of giving each other that kind of space. So for me, I'm very fortunate. I have a lot of property and I like to mow my yard. I like to work in my barn. I like to work in the garage. So when I need some space to myself, yeah, I try to not give my kids screen time too much. So what do you do? I, I, if, if it's just the three boys, depends on how desperate you. I am. Depends on how <laughs> okay, desperate. Let's say, I am. let's say if you're I'm really desperate. If I'm really desperate and, 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 I, and, and you're and frustrated, I, then I will then I will do what I say I shouldn't do, and I will let them watch some YouTube. Or I'll let them, <laughs> if I need if I need some space, yeah. or if like like if I got an important call, yeah. or I got to try to work on a speaking thing or whatever, I got to get some time to myself. Yeah, I'll let them do that. But ultimately, I try to I try to keep them busy with other things. I'll I'll give them you know we have this big um, art this big art tub and I'll say, Oh, can you guys make a, make something for us and make a project or something, you yeah. know? Um, but I think one thing too, that, you know, we've, we've all talked about how there's not a manual and stuff like that, but I was thinking about when's the last time you guys bought a grill, a grill, a grill, you got a new grill and you got to learn how to turn it on and all this yeah. type of thing. And I think that a lot of times when it comes to being a parent, at least when I found out I was having kids, kind of shifting gears here. Sorry, no, you're fine. But, I'm following but, you. But, but I, I started reading all kinds of books that I could find, and I was able to uncover so many things that I, I'm, I'm not an expert. You guys are further down the trail, so I am not trying to pull that card. <laughs> You'll be like, yeah, wait, your kids are young. Wait, I'm not saying that at all, but there's so many things that I felt like I've headed off at the pass. Right. Because I, so my challenge to the listeners would be, okay, so if you buy a new grill, you're going to learn how to put it together. You're going to watch the things. So what kind of books can you read and what kind of different things can you do? Like my stepdad listened to uh, it was the Christian radio station. I can't remember if it was Andy Stanley or Chuck Swindoll. One mm -hmm. of those guys, he listened to him all the time. I was always using those different things. My whole point is, is that there's a lot of resources out there. And if we're going to take time to learn how to use a grill or a new laptop or a new cell phone, there is a lot of stuff out there. That Especially we can, now. Yes, yeah. that right. you can do that. Like I read this book about how the first, the firstborn son, there's typically a problem with the dad and the firstborn son because subconsciously the dad doesn't realize it, but he feels like this, the, 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 the first child 
took the attention away from them because it used to be mom and dad or husband and mm-hmm. wife. Now it's mom and dad and there's this baby there. So there's this... And, it took about a month. I read that before my son was born. I took about a month and I've experienced that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what, what about me? What about me? And I remember, I remember reading it in that book and it just told me that, you know what? This is normal. Yeah. I know what it is. I'm not falling for it. Right. Yep. And so I guess you asked about my kids and what I do to, to, to take a break, but I just think that I wanted to make sure we mentioned that. And, yeah. and when it comes to like how to, how to do all that kind of stuff, as far as how to, how to give yourself a break. I mean, there's a lot of really good people out there. Tim Elmore has a, he does a lot of stuff with growing leaders. It's a big, I read all his stuff because just like all of us, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming from a broken home. I haven't had that example. So I feel like it's my job to, you know, work on it. The problem is like Dan said, is when it goes awry, then I blame myself. Right. And then I'm trapped. So, right. so I, I struggle with that. I was going to say too, actually we have more in common because maybe you guys don't know this about me, but I'm a stay at home dad. So, oh. as, so as much as I nice. have a job, I have been, so I was in yeah. the same position. So I got the three kids. They're younger, they're older now, but I was always a stay at home dad. I was picking up, doing the lunches, dropping yeah. them off, making the dinner, <laughs> doing the same kind of thing. And then it is, it's that downtime Knowing what to do when you're by yourself, not blaming yourself. I mean, yeah. being psychotherapist, I'm still doing it. I got to yeah. make sure I'm not doing it. So yeah. it's, it, do you, I was going to ask you, so do you take like physical space? Like all right, I'm going to take 15 minutes, go in the bedroom. I'm going to tell them I got to go in yeah. there for 15 minutes if I can. Like, yeah, are you I go, able to do I, that? I, have, I go in my office, okay. you know, and then there'll be times where, you know, like my wife will come home and I'll say, okay, and I'll go out and get on my tractor and spend a couple hours. Yeah. If I don't, if I don't take, I'm fortunate now I have some consistent work that draw, causes me to be in the car mm-hmm. for sometimes like an hour and a half a day. And that does help a lot because you can sort yourself out. You know, but for but but when you're home, you get up in the morning, you take him to school, and you got the little guy, and and you you just feel like right. it, it just go, doesn't go, go, go. stop. You know, but but the thing about it is, it's really interesting. Is for many years I wasn't a stay at home dad, and I worked 50, 60 hours a week. Yep. And we had a nanny who did all that stuff, and I would come home and see my kids, whatever. And I would get in those moments, and I would feel like I'm not doing a good job. But being a stay at home dad and getting to talk, to spend some time talking to the mommy militia, you know, you know, the ones, you know, the, you're the only guy and there's five, 10 oh, yeah. women, you start talking to them and you look at these people and they got it together. They got, they got this amazing family and you look at them like, oh, they got it together. And then you get to know them and they're like, my right. kids are driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah. and, and you're like, but that's the thing though, is it was the aha moment. Yeah. They, they look like they have it together, but guess what? They don't. They have the same challenges mm. I do. That's right. And they're no mm. better than me. And that's exactly it's, why I wanted to do this podcast. Exactly. I wanted people to feel normal. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For me, it was Berenstein Bears. Every time I was reading the kids, like yeah. I'm just reading them a story. And then to myself, I'm like, oh, it's so true. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought it was just me. So I'd yeah. be so happy every time I got a Berenstein Bears book. So yeah. I Actually, more of it than the kids. I'd like to challenge the audience too, based off of uh, Dan's example there. Uh, I think one of the things that is an ongoing joke in society now is everybody's head is buried in their phone. Right. Mm-hmm. So even though we're learning, like, you know, we're talking about communication with your kids. Now, when you're reading your kids a story, so see, part of uh, Dan's story, you were mentioned earlier, is off the grid. Well, I learned some stuff by hearing his story, but I really think that there's a message that you bring to people, like even just that, like, Actually, just physically reading with your kids, right, right, not just letting them watch it on TV mm-hmm. or, or whatever. So, so anyway, I would just challenge them to uh, maybe if you could 
share a little bit more about that perspective, but I just think in terms of actually communicating with your kids. Yeah. I mean, well, Jed, even, even if it's just reading the stories, I mean, I was pretty adamant about it. It was, I mean, pretty much every night, unless we're having a movie night or unless we went out to Red for theater and saw some classics that were coming home a little bit too late, like something it was every night. And I remember, I actually remember being so sad when my one son was, he was 12. So we did it as a family. So even though I'm still reading kid books and he's 12, it didn't feel like it was baby books because we were kind of up in it a little bit. And, you know, I don't know, he could zone out if he wanted. But there was the one night that he was like, oh, I just don't want to read them. And I was like, oh, I was so sad because <laughs> he's not going to be part of the group anymore. And then so I've had that kind of adjustment with each one. And the biggest thing with kid, reading stories to kids is not looking at the time. Right. Like that's yeah. really what it's about. If you know you're only going to have five minutes, then maybe don't read the story. Don't right. rush through the page. Just maybe right. just tell the story in the dark and rub their back. Like the, it's, the th- it's those t- moments. The thing about that is, though, and kudos to you, Dan, because I read to my kids, but not near as much because I'm tired. I'm wore out. I'm, right. I, 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 my mind's yeah. somewhere else. But I'm seeing like that's a great ideal. And, mm-hmm. and, and I want to thank you for saying that because you know what? That motivates me now because I think about all the times where my kids ask to have me read to them. Yeah. I'm like, you guys need to go to bed, you know, because they're right. driving me nuts. I yeah. need to go to bed. But I need I need to not be that way. Right. It's true, but it also I, speaks to what we said, though. You still need that space for yourself. So it's a matter yeah. of balancing it. Don't yeah. don't dismiss that you need that space. Right. But, but give them the five, eight minutes of the story and then give your time that space. Right. Something. I don't know. I'm not in your house. But so. it, I just, it takes it takes <laughs> it takes discipline, though. I mean, to, to do that. Like for me, it's, you know, my wife and I will go off. We'll go back and forth with bedtime. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she always reads to him. And I don't always read to him. I do sometimes, but not near as much as her she does. And, and I'm thinking that that's probably something I need to work on. Well, it's something that you do do every day and that's you read for yourself, for your own devotions oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So maybe yeah. you take 10 or 15 minutes of that time and you read to your kids instead of reading just to you. Yeah. I could wake I mean, them I don't up, know. I could sure, wake them up know? at 5am and say, this is what Jesus said here. <laughs> this be good for you. Quiet. Right. So Dan, let me ask you this. You, I, I know you have an 18 year old and a 16 year old and you don't probably don't read to them anymore. Right. But you have a 12 or 13 year old daughter. Do you still read to her? Yeah. So we just tried to switch it up a little bit because she's, I've said before, she's so artistic, all yeah. artistic. They all are. They're really artistic. They're really energetic. So when we're reading the kids stories, even if they're picture books, like we're getting deep, we're acting goofy and you know, yeah. it's like a, it's like a sideshow or something. So we've just recently tried to get into like the junior novels that we're trying to read. Okay. So we have like wrinkle in time. But as soon as we started doing it, even though she's 13, she's like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to read this. She's like, grab one of the picture books. So she wants to like go back and <laughs> jump into the Berenstein Bears. Cause you know, I don't know. It's just, well, I guess something it, in it. Th- and that just reminded me of getting guys. We've, we, we've all been there with our kids. I love until this day. I still love the color. Oh yeah. Me too. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't like, I mean, oh, I, I will go to a restaurant and ask for the kitty menu yep. just so I could color. <laughs> I, I know it sounds funny, but that's something that, and, and I, I think that those are th- kind of things that we may say that, Oh, they're too old. But really, group, I think down deep inside, we're all kids. You oh, go yeah. to group therapy. First thing they give you is crayons and, or, or and toys. That's sheets. what my daughter says. Right. I mean, so, the, yep, you're gonna you know, do the same deal. It's, do some crafts and make a bracelet while you're yeah. in group therapy with you know a seven year old. So, so and let a me ask you this: Do you ever um, change it up and let your daughter read to you? She, <laughs> so she usually wants to. I'm like, no, no, no. This is my job. I'm doing it. So we kind of get <laughs> funny about it. And then so now we got a thing where. When I start reading the same page, she starts reading. So we start reading over each other and we get louder. So it's actually, that's kind of become a game thing too. So yeah, 
Yeah, I, I let her read to me. Dan, since, since you have the mic, and, and, and I want you to take a couple minutes or, or just a what minute, or I want you to put a shout out to somebody that I'll is important to you or... Um, <laughs> You know, or just maybe a friend, maybe it's your wife, maybe I, whatever. I mean, I want you to take a you know a minute and just you know give a shout out to who you want, or maybe it's you want to put a shout out to you. No, no. Well, no wait no, a second, no, they no, can't no. find him because he's off the grid. He doesn't <laughs> even have Facebook. He doesn't. I have to, be able to, find myself. to, to yeah. describe this for the people at home, Dan is patting himself on the back. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm just joking. Yeah. I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I was thinking about. Um, so I self published a novel um, called. Crystal and her family. It's really risque. It's kind of a metaphor for the things we go through. But in the beginning of the book, I dedicated to the the women of my wife, the women of my life, and it was my wife, my mom, my Mimi. Um, that's my grandma, and um, my daughter. Was she born right after that? I'm pretty sure she's in there. But it would also be my daughter. And it's um, it's not just because of the women. It's more because that was my upbringing. Like I said, I had my dad there. He was mm-hmm. my there. He was my friend. Um, I don't even have any bad thing. Even though I haven't talked to him, I don't right. have bad feelings about him. Um, but my grandma was my other parent. My mom did so much being a single parent. I mean, she had me when she was 17 years old. I mean, you know, yeah. it was, it was hard stuff for her. And, um, and then my wife, of course, because yeah, I'm a stay at home dad, but we are partners. Like you were saying, you know, you, if you can balance that in a marriage, you know, it's, it's really awesome. And we never even had discussions about it, my wife and I. Mm-hmm. So the shout out would be definitely to, um, Nancy Goldpaw, my mom. And uh, Mary Druno, my grandmother, and Crystal Jones, my wife. So nice. And, and, yeah. and how can people find your novel? Um, it's on Amazon and things like that. Um, it's through Infinity Publishing. So when I published it, it was 2006. So it's when morons like me were paying a company. Nothing yeah. against Infinity Publishing. <laughs> but when we were paying a company to print things yeah. as opposed to just going to a printing place. So yeah. Um, yeah, it would be on there. I'm trying to get a platform. Dan Jones Films is, it's all just one word, is my YouTube thing. But um, awesome. Yeah, getting there. And I Joshua, want to plug myself, though. <laughs> no, no, and that's great. And Joshua, I mean, because literally, guys, we have about five minutes. I can't even believe, again, it's been, you know, an hour. But Joshua, one thing I want to um, make sure that, that you do, and that is, you know, um, put a shout out to somebody, mm-hmm. something. Sure. Um, you know, you have a lot going on, so I have no mm-hmm. idea what, what you're about to say. So go ahead and take a minute and, you know, put a shout out to an organization. Sure. Yourself. Well, I you mean, know. there's a lot of different, like you said, irons in the fire. I think ultimately you're talking about legacy and the vein of this podcast. You know, my grandpa, Gerald Roberts, uh, was voted last week as father of the year in my hometown. Awesome. And he is going to get Congratulations. his, yes, he's going to get his, uh, it's, they're going to unveil it this week. He doesn't know. Um, and it's going to happen. Hopefully he this, doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. This, this Saturday, this Saturday, he's going to get it. And I think about legacy and I think about how him and my stepdad, Chuck Kramer, how they stood in the gap. They stood yeah. in the gap where my dad wasn't there. And, and, and without those two men, Charlie, Danny, and Benji, my boys, uh, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be the husband I am. I wouldn't be the father I am without those two standing in the gap, doing something that quote unquote, wasn't their job, but they did it anyway. Cause it had to be done. And, uh, I'm here because of them. I'm the man I am because of them. And you know, there's no, there's no way I can ever thank them except by doing what I'm supposed to do. Right. And, and, and um, but yeah, so those two, those two men for being there for me, um, and, and I I'm just blown away by I I could go on and on about those guys, <laughs> but it's, and that's the thing is just how 
how thankful I am. And I, and I what's one thing that I do that do that maybe some don't, but I, I tell them all the time I talk to them, I appreciate everything you've done yeah. for me. Oh, it's nothing. And I'm like, yeah, it's something. You know, even even in prayer every morning and every night before I go to bed, I thank my dad mm-hmm. to this day. You know what I mean? For the man that that he still is in, 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 in my life. And before you guys got here, I still have voicemails from my dad telling me that he loves me and mm-hmm. that he was proud of me. And um, it's just, it just was kind of cool. And guys, we're going to wrap this up. So, Bill, I'm going to give you the floor, and I want you any closing remarks. Uh, yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to my mom and to my daughter. Uh, if it wasn't for my mom, she just was a survivor and worked her butt off. And uh, and then to my daughter, she's just I mentioned on our other uh, podcast that she's like cool hand Luke. You know, no yeah. matter how much <laughs> life just beats her down, she just keeps getting back up. <laughs> you know what, I, Bill? I you just said something, and, and guys, please. Chime in here, if you would. I, you guys put challenges out today in this podcast. I'm going to put a challenge, a challenge out to everybody. And again, I'm not telling you to like your formal. I'm not telling you to like what, you know, baby mama or anything else. <laughs> but I am saying, you know what? Pick up the phone and find something nice to say about that person. Because at the end of the day, you have a child that you are raising. And no matter what, you are raising that child together and maybe maybe it's just you and them maybe it's they're remarried by now but but listen at the end of the day i challenge you to just just try just try and and again i always say you lead by example well you know what like like I said earlier in the podcast when when i walked up to his door i mean i thought he was going to you know come out and fight me because that's what we have done instead mm-hmm. i gave him a hug and shook his hand and he cried and said, thank you. 27 years later, you know, me, my ex-wife, her husband, my daughter, their two boys, we are one big, happy Jerry Springer family. We created that. We did. Our kids didn't do it. We did. So I challenge you to go out of your way to, to try. try. Do it, do it for your kids. Dan, Absolutely. any closing remarks? Um, I actually I have a note in my pocket you remind me of. It's just a reminder I have, and it says, "Hey Dan," which is to me, <laughs> "Give others, family, emotional security through compliments." And at the bottom, I have value is love and family security. So that's something I have just in my pocket to remind me. Can you do me a favor and just yeah. read that again, Dan? Just sure. It's give others, family, emotional security through compliments. Value is love and family security. Now, while why I was saying that, I thought that in my mind he's digging for his phone, right? <laughs> not realizing that you don't have a phone, and I'm not being funny when I right. say that. But I, again, I'm just our minds are think. So he's digging through his phone, and I'm like, what? The, like, what's he doing? And when he brought that out, that doesn't just happen. And, and I mean, we don't have no editing devices right. on this podcast, so that just happened. And that's cool that that you carry something like that with you. And if you need to be reminded. Well, then you know what? I know that you can reach out to Bill, me, and Joshua, and, well, I guess you can't really reach out to Dan. Dan, do you even have an email address? I have an email, yeah, um, and feel free to email me. It's dan underscore jones1 at aol.com because it's so old. <laughs> I love that. And after the last podcast, he's probably got like 5,000 uh, emails. Emails, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I don't, I don't think he even said the, the email in the yeah, last yeah, podcast. Oh, right, right, right. Hey, yeah, go ahead, Bill. Uh, real quick. Yes. Uh, look, uh, go, go ahead, Josh. No, 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 I go ahead. Say go, Bill. I want before, you to go. Uh, just before you're done, I want to mention, because uh, it, re- it, re- it revolves around legacy. Okay, cool. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, closing remarks. 
Uh, just uh, just keep the main thing the main thing. You know, if you're out there and you have you know kids or you know you know we all have careers, we all have goals, we all have aspirations, we all want a nicer truck, a nicer house, we all want to have people like us, all those different things. But at the end of the leg the the ride, your legacy will be your kids and what you what you leave. And you're you're the carpenter, they're the house. Um. If you need help, reach out. Like Johnny said, if you if you have questions, find some answers. Go see someone like Dan. Um, but at the end of the day, keep the main thing the main thing and realize that everything you do, nothing is going to give you more fulfillment or enjoyment than your role as, a, as a, a, a parent. So can I just wrap that everything you just set up into one thing? The whole time I was thinking when you were saying that, which is awesome, make time. Mm-hmm. Nothing else is more important. Dad, moms, make time for your kids. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm literally getting goosebumps right now because not enough of us make time. And time is so precious because time can be taken away so fast for all of us. I'm sorry. That's okay. I just want to thank you for bringing us all together here and letting us all be part of this. And just as in terms of legacy, I also want to thank you for letting me be a part of your video yep. called Legacy. Yeah. And, and matter of fact, we are going to end the podcast with a track from my last CD that was Grammy considered for the second time, yes. uh, or my second Grammy considered uh, CD, and that is called Legacy. And, and we're going to play that and then wrap this up. But guys, I can't thank Dan Jones, Bill Melbach, and Joshua Spears. Thank you guys so much for taking time to... Thank you. Um, to Thank just you. be here and hanging out with us and or with each other. And I think we all got something out of it for mm-hmm. ourselves. I know mm-hmm. I did. Sure. You know, Absolutely. And, 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 and we all have great stories. And and Joshua, how, how can they find you? Uh, my website, joshuaspears.com. My book, uh, Personal Revolution, is on Amazon. It's also available great book. on my website. Yep. Um, you go to joshuaspears.com, all my social media, everything is there. And Bill, how can people find you? Same thing, social media, Bill Mealbuck. Okay. Outstanding. And we are going to listen to Legacy right now and then wrap things up. Guys, thank you again for coming on. Everyone wants to build something. Everyone wants to make their mark. It's been said that a rich man leaves his fortune. Well, I guess I'm not that smart. I will leave you with my love, my wisdom, and always, always my heart. You are everything that's good in me. And that's not even the best part. You have taken my gifts to you and improved them in ways that I never even knew. You are my legacy, my gift to the world. Understand when you have your own boy or girl It's been a great joy watching you grow I am very proud of you Just so you know, I love you so The other day, tears fell freely I got a huge lump in my throat When I found an old poem that you had wrote And it said, I love you very much.
you already know I'm such. You always tell me that I can. You're my number one fan. We always have a fun time, even if we don't spend a dime. I know that you love me, even if you are crazy. Dad, I just want you to know how much I love you, even if you already do. You are my legacy, my gift to the world. You will understand when you have your own boy or girl. You are young. Some words hard to spell, but like a great poet, my child captured love so well. I am a proud parent, but you see, I'm not alone. The world is full of them, each with a poem of their own. You are my legacy, my gift to the world. This is Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Don't forget, you can listen to all the podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Player FM. And don't forget, you can donate on PayPal, support on Patreon, and you can find all the information at MotivationalCowboy.com. On behalf of all of us, man, be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day. And thank you for listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast.